there's a group of sort of cheap, affordable DIY things that you can do to, to decrease your energy bill if you want to at least read about them or tackle them yourself or some. That's on the homepage. That's a, a guide that I created, energy efficiency guide that you could just sign up and download. And it's got, I think, 39 things in there to take a look at. And every home is going to be different, but you could decrease your bill just with energy efficiency and just what you have right now. No, no big investments. So you can pick and choose. I'm Janet Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that will reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. We want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Today, I get to speak with Erin Shine. He's an entrepreneur and finance expert who was inspired to pursue his interest in environmental and finance topics at an early age. After reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, he changed his major to finance and graduated from the University of Central Florida in 2000. Wanting to do something different, he packed up and moved to Colorado, where he eventually landed a job in the solar energy industry. Now, after a layoff in 2010, he started his own energy-efficient lighting distribution company, which he later sold in 2017. Now, Aaron is focusing on his current venture, Attainable Homes, which aims to make home ownership more accessible for people. With his deep expertise in finance and business, Aaron is a passionate advocate for creating a more equitable housing market. Let's listen in to this conversation. Aaron, thank you so much for jumping onto the podcast. Thanks for having me. Dude, so we chatted a while back about how you got started, attainable homes. Tell me if I'm going the wrong direction. I think I got that right. Attainable, attainable homes. Home, plural. Yeah, singular. <laughs> attainable home. How yeah. can you make an attainable home? And I was really curious and you explained what you were doing. So tell us, how did you get started? What inspired you? And let's jump right in. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, thank you. Yeah, from an earlier age, like late high school and college, of course, was discovering different, well, I changed my majors four times in college, but for some reason, an interest in environmental, like solar, climate change, different things were just starting to 
peak its head uh, back then. And we're talking about the year 2000 or so. And mm. within that journey, pretty much in college, I read a friend gave me a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which a lot of real estate investors talk about and business owners. And amongst other things, I just started kind of being a sponge for all things investing and mm. finance. The fourth major I changed to was finance because I wanted to finance 101. And I remember early on a professor saying that if you find yourself in a class where one, you're interested and two, you're naturally finding yourself doing better than the group. And mm -hmm. that's something you should really pay attention to. And in terms of, um, a hack concept, right? And yeah. I never kind of forgot that. And that was what happened to me in Finance 101, which had an attached lab to it because it's hard. I mean, time value of money, interest yeah. rates, things like this can be tough, but I absolutely loved it. So that kind of kicked it off. And then University of Central Florida graduated there and there were 5,000 people in my graduating class in the summer. That was one of three of the year because wow. <laughs> the school's massive. And I just kind of looked around. I was like, I, I need to do something different here. And my grandfather growing up had kind of planted seeds. He was an entrepreneur. I guess he kind of saw it in me or just in terms of a theme of kind of burning the ships and, and going for it. So I just mm -hmm. packed the car, drove out to Colorado where I had researched that solar energy was basically following California at the time with rebates and really pushing it as an industry. So just got a Craigslist apartment out there and chased the company for two months until they hired me. I walked yeah. in every week until <laughs> until they hired me and sort of the rest is history. I went from solar to energy efficient lighting, got laid off in 2010 in the last recession from an energy efficient lighting company, but learned a lot. Two weeks after that started my own. And then so I had an energy efficient lighting uh, distribution company, and I was one of the first to take it to e-commerce. So a lot mm -hmm. of people are doing Amazon FBA now and e-commerce uh, businesses. We did commercial lighting back then, which was just raising the bar because the, the industry was, I thought the bar was pretty low. So I built that yeah. up and sold that in 2017. And then we get to attainable home a few years later after that. Nice. Wow, I like that path, right? You had a passion for this, and I'm sure somebody inspired you to even have this passion, you know, even early on, but you kept following that thread. You kept following that thread and, and learning more, absorbing that information, and now you have this amazing blog where you're teaching others how to build an attainable home. What kept you motivated? I know it was one of the things that you were really interested in, but what kept you motivated in keep investing your time and energy in being environmentally? <laughs> That's kind of answering my own question, but kind of being environmentally conscious. Yeah, what keeps me motivated in that? Okay, one early on, we're talking just out of college. I mean, you're just trying to find your way in life. You know, a lot of us had nothing coming yeah. out of college and you're just trying to get going. So that was the best idea I had. I did have some influences. I mentioned my grandfather, uh, there are a couple other entrepreneurs. Now I wasn't an entrepreneur until mid twenties or so. Mm -hmm. I was working for other companies. But it's kind of always in there a bit, whether it's driving across the country and leaving a good job where I had and just going for it and asking yeah. like, what's the worst case here that can happen? You just have to go for it sometimes. So there were bits of that. 
What keeps me motivated in the industry itself, to me anyway, the thought of having a win-win all the way across. Some people call it triple bottom line, where you're helping the environment. We know about the issues there. It can get political, but a lot of it's just science. And then Hmm. the financial part of it, let's say you don't care too much about the environment and it's not feasible because we all like our creature comforts. Oil runs a lot of stuff. I mean, if oil stops, everything stops at this point. Yeah. And so we'll focus on the finances and that's where it gets a lot of fun because attainable home, what I do specifically and did through the pandemic was renovate two homes, kind of average homes in the US to fully net zero, which means it produces as much power as it uses. And I included the electric car as well because you can have an EV, but if it's also powered by whatever fossil fuel source you're using, it's not actually renewable. And so I really wanted to combine efficiency and solar, everything where I kind of became dangerous over the last 15 years in my career and sustainability or or so, would just do the experiment to prove it out a bit. And so I get excited just talking a little bit about that, but having it work across the board, no matter what your motives are, is something I really enjoy doing. Man, that's really fascinating. The other thing that you mentioned, you changed four different majors in college. Mm-hmm. And somehow you've brought all of those majors together in what you're doing on the daily life, right? And understanding the world monetary, the financial system, how they're working, the energy efficiency, and how to be sustainable and renewable as well, right? How do you approach that efficiency slash renewability energy in this world and, and combine it with traditional real estate? investing principles. Yeah, thanks. And you're right. The college thing was more about figuring out which direction I wanted to go and the experience and partying and that stuff. But (laughs) and then right after college, though, I mean, that's when it was solar and then energy efficient lighting. And I became a real estate investor in 2009. And then when selling my company in 2017, you pay your taxes and then you're left with a chunk of capital. Mm -hmm. And the first goal is don't squander it. For most people, don't lose it. That was my top goal there. And so I really dug back into my love of like macroeconomics, just general personal finance investing, what works. I mean, analyzing, reading white papers on how the stock markets perform, different asset allocations over the last hundred years. Mm -hmm. And then otherwise on the investment side, trying to find the real old guys or women or someone without ego who's just looking to give back for the most part. Yeah. And teach us all the lessons that they've learned, you know, 50, 50, 60 years, our senior or something. And so after selling the company in 2017, it's it's been five years since then. And so that's what really you just take bits of here and, and a little bit from there and put it together. And it really helped develop kind of a holistic understanding of how the you mentioned the monetary system, how this system that we're swimming in works like what is inflation why does everything keep going up in price never down that you see money printing all over the place in every country and it's because it all kind of works the same throughout history without going that down that road at the moment it can be all brought back to personal finance and then to bring it in sustainability that's just my vocation and sort of my passion purpose 
where with everything I had learned, I'm like the technology now, whether whether it's solar or hot water heaters or insulation, this stuff is so one, supplied and prominent. And then two, the prices have come down where when you compare each one of these things and kind of put it all together, the return on investment is pretty good. And inversely, your payback on your money is also within reason now. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I sold solar, my first job out of college in Denver, it was around eight, $9 per watt installed. And now it's lower twos. I paid on these last two, wow. two houses. And that's just because, I mean, a good percentage of the world is solar powered now. I mean, they're, they're just, just manufacturing panels like crazy around the world yeah. on huge projects. So we're kind of there if that makes sense. And I wanted to prove it out that an average homeowner could do it on their house. I so love that because solar energy is something that requires very minimal effort, right? Very minimal effort as opposed to wind energy or or thermal energy or hydro energy, sorry, not thermal. And I do remember watching these companies in the past decade, IKEA promoting that they do not use any outside electricity because on top of their buildings is array of solar panels that powers everything they do. That they do, same thing with Apple, you know, they're promoting that they're, they're using all sorts of renewable energy to power their plants. And 100% of the products that they produce are also recyclable. It's really inspiring to see big companies like this taking an effort. And then you've kind of filled in the gap in the middle, like, hey, they're doing it. This is how you can do it for your own home. And that's that's something really fascinating to me. And now being a homeowner myself, that's the path that I want to take in the next few years because I want to be renewable, sustainable. And instead of taking from the economy, taking from the grid, giving back, Yes, exactly. That's great. And you're right. It's creeping on. I mean, you see the statistics of what percentage of companies or products, they say it in different terms. I mean, attainable home is a term, attainable housing is a term mm-hmm. thrown around that's different from affordable housing. The term net zero is kind of thrown around. There's green, there's sustainable. It's yeah. kind of like, what does this all mean? But yeah, it's really happening on a big, big level. I mean, utility scale, solar and wind and geothermal and you hear about amazing projects. I mean, Iceland, I think, is 100% geothermal powered and from the volcanic activity under the earth there. And it's just, it's pretty cool to use technology. And a lot of this is cheaper than oil anyway. Mm -hmm. So we don't even have to talk about the environmental, again, going back to the finances of it. But you're right on the home side. I would, what kind of helped me start this concept was I looked around and there's amazing homes on Instagram and a few net zero homes here and there, but they were a million dollars. And I wanted to, that's where I moved from Denver back to Florida, kind of right before the pandemic started, not knowing that was going to hit right when I started the company. But Uh I came back to Florida because I could get template house for 200,000 where I had a great south facing roof so that if all the efficiency stuff went wrong, I could fill the roof with solar Mm -hmm. and kind of make up for it. So, and now I'm in St. Petersburg, Florida, but that is the idea for attainable home. Simplify this entire industry because there's the HVAC 
the air conditioning people and the solar people knocking on your doors and the window people who give you a quote oh for 60,000 and and mm -hmm. none of it works cohesively mm -hmm. and this will make some people upset but the trades want to charge you and do the biggest project possible where actually yeah. what helps the homeowner is to cohesively do some pretty simple things especially in an existing home generally but yeah. if you have a cohesive project you really scale down all of this stuff and like the the homes i did myself here i didn't even do insulation or hvac because it did mm -hmm. make more sense to put panels on because that was yeah. actually a bigger return on investment so wow. we can maybe get into more of that if you like but yeah but that the, the whole idea here is to simplify this and also prevent people from making catastrophic financial mistakes tens of thousands of dollars can be spent on contracts with companies if I mean unsuspecting homeowners and it happens every day. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the pricing of materials is going up all the time. We got uh, new windows in our home about 2020 and we got some good rates. Two years later, they came back and they said, okay, the pricing is 30% higher than it was. I'm like, well, we're not getting windows from you then. <laughs> but what's interesting is that it did help when we did replace some of those windows because these windows were wood windows. There was air leaks coming in. That's not going to help at all in keeping your home at a certain temperature. So it's like, okay, we do need to fix these leaks before we even go solar. So maybe you can share with, with us, you know, homeowners, how they can, where they can start to look at how can their home be sustainable before they spend them big bucks to make it attainable. Attainable or net zero. Or net zero, and net yeah. zero is a, is a goal. I mean, maybe you only want to decrease your bill by half and that makes sense for you. I mean, in, in my case, I wanted to do it net zero plus the electric car mm. to take it all the way. And it's totally feasible, but you're absolutely right. You start with the low-hanging fruit efficiency in the house, mm -hmm. and then solar is the absolute last thing you do yeah. on these projects. And because it's also one of the most expensive. And to start with, it's kind of a decision tree you go after. Air sealing is the number one thing usually mm -hmm. in an existing home because every outlet in your wall, things like gaps between your baseboard and your hardwood floor in the bottom, any noticeable hole in your wall, pocket doors are a big one because back up in there, that could be a direct basically hole in your ceiling to the attic. Yeah. And your attic, especially in this, well, it's going to be freezing in the winter and scorching in the summer. And yeah. through all these little holes, which add up to hundreds and hundreds, it's like a, a huge leaky boat that your HVAC system is fighting all day long and yes. all night. And so air ceiling's number one. And it's also the cheapest because you can just get some silicone caulk or just some basic latex caulk or canned spray foam for six dollars a can mm -hmm. at home depot and kind of go to town and windows are big like you said w windows are a bigger ticket item the financial payback's kind of tough on them but i did do that in my first home mm -hmm. for other reasons like down here we have the hurricane so i went for hurricane windows yeah because otherwise you need shutters and things anyway. And there's a safety thing there. There, I had old 80s single pane windows that were falling off the 
hinges pretty much. And so other yeah. reasons to replace the windows in the typical fix and flip renovation like it was. You can look at insulation. Insulation will be really important, especially if you don't have any in areas. So you can add some there. And every house is going to be different. I yeah. should say too, every house is built differently and uh, different sizes, different builders, different quality. I mean, different materials. So you have to look at individual basis, but there's insulation. HVAC systems take about four, somewhere between 40 to 60% of your whole electric bill uh, on average. And yeah. so any of the air sealing will really help the HVAC system. Air sealing is more important than insulation. And then I really love heat pump, hot water heaters. Not a lot of people know about them. And whenever I kind of mention them, people ask me about tankless. Do you mean tankless hot waters? And I say, no, it looks like a regular hot water heater, but it has a heat pump unit on top. And here in Florida, for instance, it's in my garage. They do make some humming noises, so you don't really want it in your living space, but sure. they're good for attics, basements, garages, or outdoors in a uh, enclosed, little enclosed closet or something like that. They do need air, I yeah. think seven, 800, cubic feet, something like that. But here in Florida, at least it's perfect because what it does is it takes the hot air out of the garage. It puts it in the water, heats it up to 120 or so super efficiently. And wow. then it, it expels cold air like an air conditioner. So you're cooling down your garage while you're heating up your water. And I have real numbers here on a 40 gallon hot water heater that would normally cost about $500 a year to run electricity and we don't even have that high of electric rates down here yeah the heat pump unit costs about 100 bucks a year so you're saving 400 dollars a year you're spending i think i spent 1750 dollars prices went up of course now yeah They're, call it two thousand dollars but your paybacks between three and four years and fun fact also when i ran the kilowatt hour numbers that savings alone, just swapping the hot water heater is enough to power my Tesla Model 3 for the whole year, 10,000 miles. <laughs> and so you're saving the gas about $1,000 a year, not going to the gas pump, just charging here. And then you can save. So these savings stack on each other on the efficiency mm. side. And then the house I'm sitting in right now, for instance, it's 1140 square feet. I did these kind of basic efficiency things, probably cut the bill about... 30%. I have an old leaky's 50s uh leaky 50s block home. Yeah. And the solar system was only $13,000 after tax credits to run the house and the car. That's fascinating. I'm really blown away by the electric heat pump water heaters because I was just visiting my parents in California. The garage is so hot in there mm -hmm. and we're using we have a gas water heater there. But the garage is really hot, and above it is another room. It's like the loft. So my kids and I were staying there, and it would always be hot. And sure, we have the AC turned off, and the temperature was just hover around 80 degrees. So I was wondering, if we can put one of these guys in there, it's going to cool down that garage and help the air conditioning unit. Correct. Yep. I mean, garages, I don't know by code. I don't think they have to be insulated. I mm -hmm. mean, I have some rental properties where they're not when I bought them. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, when you don't have insulation, heat just gets in. 
So yes, exactly. And we can talk after the show. I've got, well, actually, I'll just say I have the Ream unit from Home Depot, okay, which is usually in stock. And that's about half as quiet as the AO Smith model at Lowe's, which I used on my first net zero home. And so the remodel is pretty good and it's just like a very low hum and I don't think it would disturb you if anyone's above there. Yeah. But here's the other thing. Let's call it a 40 gallon using my $400 a year savings here in Florida. Well, you've got a 50% higher at least electric rates out there. So yes. you're probably saving 600 a year. Yeah. And the unit itself is 1700 at Home Depot. So call it 2000 for payback, divide 2000 by 600 and whatever that is, two point something years. Is that right? Yeah. Under three year payback on your money and you're cooling your garage down. So pretty awesome deal right there. 10 year warranty on those two. Yeah. 10 year hybrid. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this there is, may this... be rebates in California. I mean, what's funny is when I do these projects, I probably have 40 contractors come over, plumbers and otherwise electricians. Barely anyone. I don't think I met one person that knew what a hybrid hot water heater was. Heat pump is called a hybrid. Okay. Same thing. But uh, like Biden just passed, well, the Congress just passed that IRA Act, which has massive energy efficiency tax credits in there. However, you think politically, take a look at that because over the next 10 years, mm -hmm. I think homeowners could get about seven to 10,000 plus of tax credits for this kind of stuff for heat wow. pumps specifically in addition to ev tax credits and, and other things solar is going to remain there's a 26 percent tax credit for that right now really good stuff in there for this kind of these kind yeah. of projects are swapping out at that house you're talking about no that sounds really really awesome so since it's called hybrid does it also use gas and electric or is just good question yeah there's a movement in the industry to go fully they call it an electrified home so that you don't have to run a gas line at all to your mm -hmm. house for mm -hmm. cost, for environmental, for yeah. safety purposes. And so to answer your question, it's electric, but the hybrid portion means it has the traditional heating element of a hot water heater if you want to heat it up quicker. Okay. Otherwise, you can set it on efficiency mode and just run it on that. And then it has, you know, these new ones has Wi-Fi and you can set vacation mode so you can even make it more efficient. But you can heat water up fast, but it's got the traditional water heater and it installs the same way, but okay. it's just got the heat, heat pump on top, which is pretty cool. This is really cool. Awesome, man. All right, let's take a quick break. Wait, let me back up. Aaron, that has, this has been a really fun conversation. Thank you so much for sharing. These are things that homeowners need to think about more and more because Owning a home is not easy. There's always something to spend money on. So mm -hmm. the more places you can save money and get an ROI, the better it is. Thank you so much, man. Let's take a quick short break and we'll be right back as Aaron's gonna share with us three hacks to take away. So hold on and we'll be right back. I'm Junaid Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that will reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. 
We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Welcome back to the episode, guys. We have been talking with Aaron Shine of attainablehome.com, talking about home ownership, how to make it affordable, sustainable, attainable, renewable, all those syllables, things that you can do just so you can save your money and live more comfortably in your home. Aaron, you've got three hacks to take away for the audience. Let's hear them. Three hacks. Okay. One, I would say there's a number of, there's a group of sort of cheap, affordable DIY things that you can do to, to decrease your energy bill. If you want to at least read about them or tackle them yourself or some that's on the homepage. That's a, a guide that I created energy efficiency guide that you could just sign up and download. And it's got, I think 39 things in there to take a look at and every home is going to be different, but you could decrease your bill just with energy efficiency and just what you have right now, no, no big investments. So you can pick and choose. So that's a good bunch of hacks. Nice. I would say whether it's our site or, or others check out, if you're looking at solar at all, be very, very cautious of leasing or renting solar panels. And I mean, hmm. short version of the story, what happened two days ago, my friend, her parents in Pennsylvania were going to buy solar and they actually signed a contract with a company and it turned out you now it wasn't a lease or, or rental deal because the big problem with leasing or renting means they have a lien on your property. Somebody else owns stuff on your roof with penetrations and there are some real complications with when you want to move and sell the house and you have to pay off in some cases, ridiculous payoff fees in these contracts that they mm. put that some people are unsuspecting of. And it also can lower your home value because it's so complicated on the sell process and in the in the eye of the, the buyer. So I don't know if we call this a hack. I, it's a bit of a warning because the solar industry has in some places a very bad reputation for some of the practices and it can really uh, rope people into a terrible financial situation. And to finish the story, my friend's parents the other day, she just asked me to take a look at the contract and the design. And this home, they put 44 panels up there, $72,000 worth of solar. And it, it said it only covered 85% of their bill. This is only a 2,200 square foot home, not huge. Wow. Half the panels were facing north and tilted north, which means towards the fall and winter, they would get no sun, relatively no sun. And so what that means is your solar energy is way lower, your ROI is way lower, and your payback on your money skyrockets in terms of years. So the company had also told them they had seven days as a cooling off period to cancel the contract. We looked through the contract and on page 50 something, there was a cooling off period. It said three days, which was 12 hours away. 
Oh and so, and there was a 25 year loan attached to this $72,000 system. And so it looked something like you're going to pay $225 a month for 18 months. And then when you get your 26% tax credit, which was 18,000 and change, you pay that to the company. And if you don't, then your monthly payment goes up to 300 something a month. Oh, wow. For 23 and a half more years. And so we worked with her, we, we got on the phone with her parents, got the contract, but the correct way to do this, to finish that off with efficiency and solar only on the south side of the house or even east west where the sun's actually going to hit it, at least where we are in the US, is less than half of that. We could do efficiency in solar. I mean, in my case, in my two houses here in Florida, 1800 square foot net, I was in $20,000 to power the house and the car. And so you do some efficiency and then do solar. So what, that would be a warning with solar system, really dig into the companies and mm. what you're signing and make sure you read it. And wow. then the other thing hack would be that going back to the fact that the technology is so good and the prices have come down on this equipment, the return on investment on your utility savings in conjunction with home value increase, if you do it correctly is much higher, at least I found on my house is much higher than a traditional real estate rental ROI, for instance. So if you have a rental property, let's say an investor, like a buy and hold, you get renters in there, maybe you're making 10% a year. Well, on the house portion itself, not even having an electric car, the efficiency in solar was a 20% return on investment year one. And you're hedging against all future price increases because you're locking it in virtually at today's rate. With an electric car, I think that went up to 25, 30% or so when you add in the gas. But real quick on solar too, if you do it right and you own the system, even if you finance it and it's a good yeah. install, that adds on average three to 4% home value. And Zillow's done studies. I think Berkeley's done studies. There's some others out there you can check out. So you can actually add home value with solar if done right and lower your bill at the same time. As a real estate investment, the numbers actually can work and increase your ROI on the whole project. Man, those are some good looking numbers. Yes. And, and I would add too, uh, they are good in that the S&P 500 or the average stock market return is about somewhere between six and 10% after inflation through the last hundred years. So yeah. in a way you're kind of unlocking a bond or investment that's relatively risk-free, at least if you're gonna stay in the house for a while, that beats the stock market or beats traditional real estate by itself. And and that's, I guess you could call that, that's a real hack. I would consider that's that- That's a real hack. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I like that a lot because my chiropractor is always asking me, hey, what's the next big thing? So the first thing I told him like, are you invested in electric EV car companies, right? Because that's the next 10, 15, 20 years, that's going to be the big thing. Our kids are going to be driving AUV cars, right? So what you're saying is that instead of putting in ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 in something like stocks or real estate, investing in your own home would bring you back a higher return. With enough time, yes. And, and th this would essentially get into market timing. And my good friend- Okay, market timing, right. Yeah, my good friend, Emily, she's a CFP, a certified financial planner. And she she has a saying, it's not market timing, it's time in the market. 
the time so, in the market. Exactly. Like let's back up a couple of years or even a yeah. year and a half ago, the tech stocks and EV stocks were high flying. And if you aren't in them, you feel like an idiot, yeah. but they've crashed since. And so a relatively risk-free 10% a year even yeah. looks pretty good That's so at the true. moment. So, yeah. you know, it just depends, but over time, stock market average eight to 12%, you know, a little bit lower after inflation. Yeah. Man, I love it. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for sharing the three hacks that we can either take action on or keep an eye out on when you're getting work done or solar installed in your home, what to look for first. And and I jumped on the the hacks that you're sharing on your site, tainablehome.com. So if you're not jumping on it, we'll have the link in the podcast show notes so you can jump on and get these hacks for your home. All right, now we get to the six questions I like to ask my guests. Are you ready for this? All right, number one, <laughs> what is the one hobby that you wish you got into? The one hobby I wish I got into, I would say, it's been on my list forever. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say salsa dancing. All right. Uh, yeah, some some kind of blockage there, but I need to go do it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I need to YOLO salsa dancing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. do that you know shake because it is very flexible it's very graceful and flexible and, and you gotta have a flexible body i'm i'm very stiff right now <laughs> i don't know <laughs> if it's possible all right next question what did you want to be when you were a child oh good question i'm trying to think i'm gonna say as a soccer player i played as a kid but then kind of quit halfway through there and in middle school and i kind of always regretted that i don't know that that just that's what came up first here no it sounds good I yeah. used to play soccer, but I was never a good runner. I, I would always get stuck being the goalie. Nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, all right, I guess I'll, I'll hang back here. Next question. What is your favorite movie or TV show? Favorite movie? Uh, I'm going to go with The Matrix. Mm, the original mine, Matrix. The original Matrix. First that's movie right. only. Yeah. yeah. Mine I as well. I think that's genius. It was it was just such a genius move. It just blew my mind, and the graphics and how real everything looked was just beautiful. Our next one: What movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? What movie? Oh, I don't know why. One of the characters in Troy, for some reason, like to be all the way back there, <laughs> you know, in yes. kind of the the pure raw battle of it, scared, mm -hmm. you know, no electronics. I don't know. That's where my head's going right now with it. <laughs> no, I like that. That's really sounds pretty awesome. That was a that was a really fun movie to watch too, mm -hmm. as well. All right, next question: Who is your favorite superhero? Favorite superhero growing up, I played the original X-Men arcade mm -hmm. game. Like you go to the arcade and there were, I think yeah. six spots on the X on the X-Men spot. And I always had Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Cause he could warp around and he was just more of like a ninja type of thing. Yeah. Kind of in the background, but super agile and all that stuff. So I'll go with Nightcrawler. I like it. I like it. Next and last question. If you were a board game, what would it be? I definitely would have to go with Monopoly because it so eerily represents sort of the monetary and investing system that we actually live in. Mm -hmm. And quick note here too, behind me, I've got Millennial Monopoly. 
Oh, that looks the, so cool. The shelf. And there was a little bit of outrage with millennial. There are some fun articles online when you read it because for millennials, they're poking fun because you don't buy assets, you buy experiences. <laughs> and you... <laughs> Uh-huh. The the pieces are like sunglasses, emojis for traveling, and you get experience points. You don't end up with properties. Wow. And so you're you're going to like the vegan bistro, your <laughs> <laughs> the community chess cards and stuff. They're like you went to Bali and didn't find yourself pay, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's too funny so i play it with my millennial friends that we have a blast and it's quite pertinent now the person who goes first is the one with the most student debt <laughs> per the rule book <laughs> so so you look at the actual student of the people and then they get to go first if people want to share you still want to share okay then sometimes people don't want to share of course they're that like, one. Ah. but the, joking aside that kind of pokes fun at millennials but uh in all seriousness the original monopoly game kind of perfectly represents owning assets financial freedom yeah you know getting on the right side of inflation all that kind of stuff yeah absolutely and what's funny is i was getting on the right side of inflation owning properties and I was uh, talking to my aunt last week when I was in California, and she was saying, you know, I could have bought three homes that we've been renting in the past 20 years, and but nobody told me that I should be buying a home. They're like, how are you going to pay for it? I'm like, well, we need to find the right type of people to be around, and not everybody's willing to help or, you know, give you the right answer. Because she was like, she had sold his home her my uncle had passed away in 95 and but they had to sell this home in in chicago but then she was renting a home here in california and she was like at that time i could have bought that home for one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars mm-hmm. with with 20 percent down or whatever which that home now cost a million dollars yeah so in hindsight Everything looks like, oh, we should have done this. But having the right people around us, I think, helps us a lot more. And that's what that's what I've gained so much information from just running this podcast. So thank you so much for sharing, man. This is this was a fun conversation. And our superpreneurs can find and get access to you by just visiting to attainablehome.com, correct? Correct. Is yeah, there thanks. any other place that you would want to send them to? That's kind of the passion purpose project right now, Attainable Home. Um, the homepage has a bunch. It has case studies of the net zero homes I did, and I include all the real estate investing numbers and the energy savings and pictures of the renovation and all that stuff. The nice. guide's on there, the energy efficiency guide. And if you, if you contact me through the website there, I get those directly. Um, and then on all the socials it's at attainable home for pretty much all of them so i love it thank you so much again erin i appreciate your time this was so much fun can't wait to learn more on how you're building more attainable homes appreciate it had a lot of fun thank you thank you Congratulations, you made it to the end of the episode thanks so much for listening to our guest on this episode 
please send me an email at junaid at hacksandhobbies.com to tell me what you loved about our guest today. You could find links mentioned in this episode on the hacksandhobbies.com website.